Welcome. Thank you for speaking to me, Ricky, and uh, welcome to the Razor's Edge website. Um, first question, how are you feeling? Because you were unwell last week. Are you recovered? Um, pretty much. <clears throat> Still uh, a bit under the weather, but I'm uh, fever-free and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm slowly re uh, returning from the dead. <laughs> Good. Good to hear it. I'm glad you're doing all right. So, um, congratulations, first of all, on, on a, a, a brilliant new album. Um, well done. It's uh, a cracking listen. Really enjoyed it. And um, we'll talk about that in a little while, if that's OK with you. But um, I must say congratulations, because it is a, a stunning album. Thank um, you. Tell me about um, a little bit about your history and how the band got together and how you developed the band because you've got quite a a unique style certainly for um well you, you've got a unique style regardless i think there's not that many bands that make the kind of noise that you guys do yeah um yeah so we uh we got uh, we got together in um in 2015 uh so yeah seven years ago now wow um so it was uh, actually um uh my my older sister, who was our original drummer, uh, started taking drum lessons, and her teacher uh, was uh, his roommate was uh, Heidi, our bass player. And when she found out that he was teaching a girl, she Im immediately contacted her uh, to ask if she wanted to try and start a band and sort of learn their uh, instruments that way because Heidi was learning the the bass at that time. Yeah. Um, and she was up for it, and then they found Sarah, uh, who um, whose boyfriend played in a band with Heidi's roommate, and you know, back and forth, and yeah, and yeah, and uh, yeah. Then we uh, decided on they they needed a singer, and they just asked me because I'd done like some not not metal singing before, but just like taking other like uh, various uh, singing styles uh, lessons uh, before and they just asked me if I would be in uh, if I would be game and we decided to rent a rehearsal space just for yeah. an afternoon and we got together we decided to uh, rehearse uh, Seven Nation Army <laughs> by the White Stripes <laughs> and we got together we tried to play it uh, play it together and we just had had some beers and a chat and the vibe was really good so <laughs> so we decided to try and pursue it sure sure so um obviously seven nation army is a little bit different from what you sound like now yeah <laughs> uh, you, you talk about um obviously singing different styles was was the style that you sing now something that um you'd sung before or was this something that you you developed when you when you started convent uh, I actually started um, taking metal vocal uh, lessons, I think, about six months before uh, Convent even became a thing. Um, and it's just because I've always been so fascinated by the by that uh, a technique. Um, yeah. You know, having been a metal fan for fan for several years and having gone to a lot of live shows, I was just always so mind blown with the fact that uh, that these singers they could sing uh, in this way and sometimes do it every night, sometimes for weeks yeah. or months in a row and, and not hurt their, their voice. So, um, and then I realized that one of my uh, friends was giving out lessons. 
Uh, then just one day I was really drunk and then I asked him, <laughs> finally <laughs> gained the courage to jump out into it and, and just give it a shot. And I just really enjoyed it and just continued. Yeah. So you've, you've had lessons for it. So for someone who's not a singer, and believe me, I'm not a singer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the um, the kind of, not so much the technique, but what do you have to do to protect it? Because it's obviously quite tough on the vocal cords, isn't it? Yeah, so um, it's funny because every time I ask uh, another metal singer, the answer is always different. It seems yeah. like everybody has their own unique approach or technique mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like what works for me is just to to not push it and to really try and um, to trust the mic and to trust the speakers and the monitors uh, you know trust that they're going to do the work for you yeah uh, and you just need to focus on <clears throat> sort of just like let it, letting creating a sound and letting that resonate within your body instead of focusing on belting it out yeah. Because then you're gonna be all tense in your uh, yeah in your throat, and that's when you hurt yourself, I think. So, so what about um, when you first started singing like that? Were there friends and family who were a little bit shocked that this this noise was coming out of um, <laughs> a, a young lady, should we say? <laughs> yeah, I think I think everybody I talk to about it is. <laughs> Um, but I think maybe for my family, I think it was like, well, she's always listened to that kind of music, so it kind of makes sense. Um, but I think my mom is still, like she said, I don't particularly enjoy listening to her music. <laughs> well, at least she's like, honest. Yeah, at least she's honest. Yeah, and, and I know that she's, uh, she's uh, gone to some of our concerts and she supports us and but she doesn't particularly like <laughs> enjoy the music, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. You can't have your parents liking everything that you do. It wouldn't be any fun then, would it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about Call Down the Sun, which is your second album. Um, like everyone else, you've obviously been having to bring out music and, and work on music during some quite strange times and um, I'm not quite sure what it was like where you guys were but obviously every musician I've spoken to has had a, a different challenge to recording music over the last couple of years. What was it like for you and the, and the band in terms of getting uh, Call Down the Sun written and, and, and recorded? Were there any challenges? Yeah, there were definitely. Um, so we were already well on our way uh writing this album when when the lockdown hit and uh because our rehearsal space is owned by the municipality of copenhagen um they uh, decided to shut some of uh some of all their facilities down um so we had uh various times where we couldn't uh, go out and rehearse and the longest period was a period of five months where we couldn't rehearse and i mean we can <clears throat> We still wrote um, riffs and lyrics at mm-hmm. home, but at some point you just need to add on those drums in order to um, to move on with the song. Yeah. I feel like that kind of slowed us down. I mean, we're still very proud of the album. We're still very proud of what we've achieved with the album, but you know, I'm still curious to see us like where we would have been if we'd had those extra five months to really perfect 
uh, the songs and maybe written some more songs. I don't know. Sure, sure. And it seems to me, having listened to it quite a lot, that it's a little bit faster in parts than maybe Puritan Masochism was uh, your, your first album that came out a couple of years ago. Mm. Is that just the way that your songwriting has evolved or was it intentional to kind of speed it up a little bit in parts? Uh, I think it's a mix of both. Um, yeah. uh, we all agreed uh, to set uh, challenges for ourselves uh, on this uh, record. Um, mm. And I think maybe that, have, that has been one of the challenges that Julie set for herself to maybe try and play a bit faster and try and, uh, I don't know, create a bit more, like some different drum patterns and stuff like that. Um, and we, we really wanted to um, to try and incorporate a bit, um, a bit more like black metal elements mm. uh, to this record. And, you know, uh, black metal just is really fast <laughs> um so yeah i think it was just a, a natural development that uh that we ended up picking up the pace a bit here and there sure, sure. you like a lot of bands now did a kind of drip feed um released three songs before the album was released with some quite interesting videos grains in particular had a a quite stark video which you watched it once, then had to go back and watch it again just to to soak it up a little bit. Mm. Um, is that the band's idea, or is it part of the label's plan that you do this kind of one single and another single and another single, so people are, are building up to it? It seems to be the pattern. Did you have do you have say in that? Uh, I think that's the record company actually uh, saying, okay, we want to release three singles. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I think it's. It's that way, um, which yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Sure, sure. And did you have much involvement with the video as well, or was that? Yeah, that was uh, completely our yeah. uh, idea, and um, we uh, we got together with uh, uh, what's it called, a video producer, um, mm -hmm. like hobby video producer called Martin yeah. Golderman, uh, who also plays in uh, like a rock band here in uh, in Denmark. So so we knew him sort of um beforehand and he was just a great guy just uh really positive and open to ideas and we sort of developed this idea with uh you know initially grains uh together and it actually started out with um okay we're gonna go to to the coast and we're gonna go out into like a nearby forest and we're gonna get some cool forest and beach shots um because we wanted to you know in in the lyrics uh, of grains, you know, uh, we sing about like sand and grains of sand, and but also water is an element. So we thought that that would be a cool idea. And then uh, we were supposed to sort of um, um, cross edit it with uh, some shots of me lying in a pile of sand and like singing to the camera. Uh, and we did those shots, and uh, I, I I was lying in. Uh, <laughs> In this pile of wet sand in the middle of, I think December, or something like that. Or January was just freezing, even even though it was inside. <laughs> um, and then he uh, did an initial editing of that, and we sort of realized that it didn't really work somehow. And he went out again uh, one day, or just with the with Julie, yeah. to do a bit more shots to see what they can get. And on the night before it had snowed, 
Yeah. So it was completely random that he ended up getting these beautiful, beautiful winter landscape shots, and we just couldn't be more happy with the result. Um, yeah, it's still the same sort of story that we're telling, um, but yeah, it it wasn't supposed to be a winter landscape, but it ended up being that, and it, yeah, it's just really, really beautiful. And you're you're still probably getting sand out of bits and pieces of you as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a long uh, ride home on my bicycle. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, talking about the album, I mean, I was listening to it today, um, and it's. I'm in South Wales in in the UK and it's been a glorious sunny 17 degrees and I was sitting here in my office while I was working listening to it thinking this probably isn't the music I should be listening to when the sun's because every time I listen to it and I don't mean this in a bad way it makes me slightly uncomfortable and I think that's the way I want it to be yeah nice Uh, um does, does that make sense to you? Because it, it's not something that I put on if I want to be upbeat and stuff. It is that is that it is that kind of music. But I was even though I was listening to it in the sun today, I was it was making me laugh that I was thinking, well, actually, <laughs> probably isn't the music for today. It should be when it's raining or or cold, whatever. Yeah. 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 Does, oh, well, that... That's that's funny to hear that it makes you feel uncomfortable. I feel like that's a great achievement. They're actually making people feel something with pure music. Um, so, but I, I think it's, um, I feel like this album, it can, it can do a lot of different things. There are, there are tracks like, um, Pipe Dreams, which is very upbeat. Yeah. I feel like that's very energetic and I, I could, I could, uh, picture that, you know, for a spring day when finally feeling the sun in your skin after six months of, uh, winter and cold, uh, coldness and darkness and, like you want to go out and uh, breathe in the spring air and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I could see that as like a a spring track. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I had the wrong track. <laughs> <laughs> so what about your your lyrical inspiration? Do you write the lyrics for the band as the singer? Uh, yeah, I do. I do, and um, we all we can all pitch in uh, yeah. with every element uh, in the band. And there's been a few. Uh, pitches from uh, from the others. Uh, the track Fata Morgana that was based on uh, an idea that uh, Heidi had. Um, but other than that, I think all the tracks are more or less my idea. Yeah. Um, so, but everybody's welcome to having a say. And Sarah was sort of the mastermind between sort of the red thread throughout the album um, when we started writing it she pitched uh, an idea saying that she thought it could be interesting to uh, write an album about this sort of eternal hunt for happiness um, that we're seeing everywhere with you know self-help books and uh, you know coaches and yeah. all that stuff you know we're living really living in a society that keeps telling us to um, to chase something else um, yeah. And that we need to change in order to be happy, uh, you know, no matter what that is. Um, and we thought that that was a really good idea. So, so there is um, sort of a, a theme of of that in every song. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, yes, it's one of the great things about certainly 
a lot of metal music. We do have the the dragons and the mountains and everything, but a lot of bands actually write really serious shit, don't they? Mm. So um, I think a lot of people don't, certainly people that don't listen to metal probably have a, a slightly different view of what we what we listen to and what, what you guys sing about. So it's really interesting to hear that, you know, there's there's real deep thought going into it, which is great, really. Yeah, definitely. It's just, we find it very, very interesting to uh, to write about sort of the darkest sides of the human psyche, like trauma and stuff like that, and just bad times, uh, grief, um, yeah, all these things, grains, uh, which was actually the first song that we wrote for for the album, um, was sort of based on like I was at a place in my life where I felt like I was I was realizing that I was I was repeating like certain kind of self destructive patterns, yeah, and it was sort of uh, like a feeling of okay I've realized that I'm doing these things but I have no idea how to break out of that cycle and sort of feeling trapped in that and like discovering your coping mechanisms and and all that so so yeah repetition is a is a big theme on the on the album as well um yeah sure. yeah yeah because i feel like that's a very like human trait yeah 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 i agree yeah, yeah. and that it can be positive and it can be negative and self-destructive but yeah and uh, I mean, yeah, repetition circles. I mean, the the album is called "Cold Down the Sun." You know, the sun is a massive uh, <laughs> circle, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it can be life giving, but it can also be, uh, you know, completely destructive. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So the album's been out about two weeks now, give or take. I think mm. came out on the eleventh, yeah. if I'm right. Um, yeah. I was looking at your Facebook page earlier on and there's a, a, a great review from Metal Hammer on it um, and the reviews that you get in from some of the other sites are, are, are really positive. Um, you're obviously, I don't know, I mean, obviously it's great to have good reviews. Do you do you, do you put a lot of faith in, in having good reviews? Does it, it does it mean something to you and the band that, that people actually like the music or is it more important that it's personal to you and you've done what what you feel is is what you you're happy with or is it a balance i think it's <clears throat> it's sort of a balance i mean if i uh, if if we put out put out an album which we thought okay this is the best work we've ever done and we're so so proud of it if we got bad reviews then i don't know if it would bother me that much but you know as a band that and as you say this is our second album just having a pile of good reviews is like it's it's just good for a band like from a tactical point of view because you can use that in your promotion material Mm. i mean there are so many places around the world where we'd love to play in festivals and all that you know all around the world and i think that that reaching those goals are just gonna maybe be a bit easier if we if we have all these positive reviews and um you know backing us up yeah. Uh, so from a tactical like business perspective, like it's a good thing. Um, but I don't know. I've always thought that music reviews were a bit funny because because it is one person's yeah. view of of uh, of a piece of music or a concert or an album or whatever, and, and it's so subjective. Um, 
because my favorite music uh, could sound absolutely horrible in someone else's ears. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the people doing reviews, I mean, they, of course, they have several years of experience and I guess hopefully expert knowledge on on the various genres. <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure sometimes. We <laughs> some of them, some of them may have. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because I keep being surprised or sort of being caught off guard by these reviews because when we released our first album, Puritan Masochism, we were completely blown away by the positive reviews. We yeah. had not expected that at all because, I mean, none of us are professional musicians. We didn't go to music college or anything like that. And sometimes we write a song and we're like, can this even be categorized as a song? Like <laughs> We have no idea. And Sarah, uh, she writes these funny, like, not awkward, but like she writes these riffs that are good riffs, but uh, from a rhythm perspective, they're completely off. And it's always a struggle for Julie to put on drums for yeah. Sarah's riffs in the <laughs> rehearsal space. And it's sort of like, it's become sort of like an inside joke uh, that Sarah's riffs are always just completely out there, but they're still great. Um, so, but I think that that's sort of the charm about convent it's that we're not professionals and and we kind of just do what we feel like and you know sarah writes the riffs that she feels like and you know we kind of yeah we, we don't try and fit our songs into a certain uh box or like building our songs going like okay a b a b c a or whatever it is <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a musician. You <laughs> know, yeah, we sort of just go with our gut feeling. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what is giving the the good reviews. I don't know if that's what the the reviewers can hear. Maybe. Fair enough. I think going with your gut is normally a pretty good good feeling. People have that sixth sense, don't they? So they they do get it. Mm. Um I was reading as well that you did what's quite unusual for over here, I think. Certainly, I don't know how, how common it is over in Denmark and stuff, but you did this mini hang hangout tour where you you went to, uh, I think it was a dance, then Aarhus, and then over to Copenhagen in, in a couple of days where you just met people and, and hung out and drank beer and did, did stuff with the album. Was... Whose idea was that? Because that sounds like a cracking little idea for and um, great for the fans as well. Yeah, yeah, it was so much fun. Uh, so we recently signed uh, with our new manager uh, called yeah. CERN, uh, who has Nightcrawler Management, uh, and he's a long-term friend uh, of the band. Uh, I think he's uh, uh, Sarah's boyfriend's best friend. Uh, so we've known him. We've known him for years and years and years. He's just an absolute. He's so passionate about music and he has reviewed a lot of albums as well on his blog and yeah uh, he's uh, been working in the music industry for 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 several years um and he really takes it seriously and he's just an all-around great guy and it was his idea to do this uh, mini tour and we thought okay well it's a bit funny that we're not going to play any shows, but okay, let's just try and do it and see what happens. And we're going to bring some t-shirts and some records and let's see if anyone wants to show up. 
and and people did and uh people came out and said hi and and bought bought the record and yeah it it was a really fun way to sort of celebrate um the release yeah yeah, yeah. and a great great way for a fan to actually go and buy the record off the band rather than as as most of us end up having to do these days just come through the door mm. through from the record label or whatever to actually be able to go and buy it from the band in person and and say hello and thank you and all the rest of it. It's just a great idea, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. was so nice. So talking about um, uh, playing live, you've you obviously have had. Um, obviously, you were going to go out with 1914 before. Obviously, everything went a bit crap in the in the over in Ukraine and stuff, mm. um, which obviously we're, we're we're devastated about everywhere. But um, for you now, you're heading out um, with a couple of other bands and you're kind of co-headlining, aren't you, I think? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're very, very lucky that uh, Implore could uh, yeah. take over on a very short notice. Uh, so we're going to head out, head out with them. And then, uh, yeah, two Danish bands called Lulus and parenthesis, zero parenthesis. And then a band called High Race is going to join us on some of the dates as well. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. And when when does mm-hmm. that start? Uh, on um, the eighth of April. Oh, not long then. Yeah. Not long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of things to prepare. So we start off uh, in Denmark. I yeah. Think, three Danish dates, and then it's off to Stockholm, I think, and then yeah, yeah all around Northern Europe. And what about um, have you got any? Festivals in the pipeline in the summer, as as we seem to be moving back towards what happened three years ago when when life was normal. Mm. Uh, yeah, we do. Um, oh, yeah, I need to remember the names of them. Uh, <laughs> we're playing. Uh, we're playing Roskilde Festival, which is in Denmark. Which is is it the biggest festival in northern in northern Europe? Uh, which is just a huge, um, uh, huge goal of ours to play yeah. the actual festival. We played the warm-up days in uh, 2019, which was a great experience as well. It felt really huge, but to actually play on the festival itself uh, in one of the tents that we've all seen massive shows uh, on um, during the years, it's yeah, it's completely mind-blowing. Um, yeah, we also have uh, full force. Uh, okay, festival, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty huge. We also have a Desert Fest um, in London and Berlin. Oh, you're playing London. So is that your first UK date? Uh, it's our second. second. Yeah, yeah. We managed to have uh, uh, another uh, show in uh, in London. Yeah, in uh, twenty, yeah, early twenty twenty. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. Before lockdowns and all that. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, great. So if, if people are in London, obviously then Desert Fest is the one to get along to because it'd be really good to see you. So Absolutely. it's been a it's been a pleasure to chat to you. I I like to ask just a little um kind of curved ball question to finish, which is purely um since lockdown there seems to have been so much there's always good music around, but bands seem to be producing album after album of really good stuff. Just a quick question. Is there anything so far in 2022 that has really caught your ear that you've had playing on a regular basis? Any albums that have stood out for you? 
Oh, I can never answer these questions. <laughs> I always, uh, I always try to envision my, um, uh, my uh, Spotify. <laughs> 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 um, th- I'm, I'm sure there is. I know That's, there is. I'll, but I'll I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Can't think of any. I ask myself that I wouldn't remember it because there's so much stuff out there. Yeah, it's it's gone. There's one. I can't remember if that was last year. It was probably last year. I was just thinking about the the latest Archfire uh, album, but I think that was released like late last year. That'll do. That'll that'll be a good. (laughs) Can we just? It's, yeah. been, uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you and I um, I hope the tour goes well. I hope that um, you get through it without any of the crap that's happened to loads of bands. I think it'll be great. I wish you continued luck with the album. I don't think you need it, but I think people need to hear it because it is a brilliant album that's really something a bit different from the norm. So um, congratulations again and, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.theraziseedge.rocks.